Pickaxe. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Triforce podcast. Thank you for joining us. We made it. Yeah. Uh, It's 2022. One more time. Another year uh, done. Another year over. Chalk that one up. Turn the page. Another one just begun. Yeah. On a new horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Perian. Yes. How are you feeling? You feeling you feeling good? Feeling very good. I've had a I've had a good week. It's just been yeah. a, just one of those weeks where decent things happened. It was all very very chill. Uh, the kids that went back to school, but it, prior to that, you know, we had a, a nice time uh, chilling out. They were very relaxed. I think they had a really good Christmas. Good. We saw the new saw the new Spider Man movie, which was really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, Amazing. Watched the Hawkeye miniseries on Disney Plus, which was what mash. <laughs> Sadly not. No, oh. this is Hawkeye as in... Uh, Hawkeye Pierce, not Hawkeye Pierce. Not Hawkeye Pierce, no. This was Hawkeye <laughs> Man, the uh, Avengers. Like, why, where's the MASH reboot in 2022? I That's know, what I like, know. for real. I, I think it, like, we. I was talking about this on stream, oddly enough, the other day about the Korean War, and pretty much the only thing that I can think of, and I'm sure we'll have some, some responses to this, the only piece of media I can think of that really covers the Korean War is MASH. Yeah, I and think I, so, yeah. I think that's it. Like, I'm sure there have been some movies here and there, but but nothing major. It is often called the Forgotten War because it was incredibly violent. It was, The Korean yeah. War. Like, it was not just a little skirmish. It was it was it like was a full-on battle. full scale, and also, yeah. Yeah. It was horrible. Uh, speaking of which, sorry, I, I realize this is a diverting. I know you were about to ask Sips how his week was, but you guys play Hearts of Iron. I'm sure many of our viewers play Hearts of Iron. And, I've played it before, yeah. And speaking of the Korean War, I started reading the other day, for no real reason, about the Second Italo-Ethiopian War, which right. if anyone's ever played Hearts of Iron, yes. the, the, the Ethiopian War, if you play as Italy... Is one of the very first things you it's do. The first thing it's on you your do, focus yeah. tree. Yeah. Have, do you know much about the actual events of the Second Italo-Ethiopian War? No, not I. I don't know I, anything I feel, about I it. I feel like this is the tail end of colonialism. I.e., back in slightly between the two wars, we still had elements of Africa. It was largely under the control of France and the UK and. Belgium had a bit, Germany had a bit, it, everyone in Europe had a little bit yeah. of Africa that they sort of had as their, I think it was even like a possession, you know, it wasn't yeah. even, it was It was still full on colonialism. It was. And it, I mean, the Belgians really... had bits, so yeah, like you said, like everybody just seemed to have nabbed little little chunks here and there of Italy. Um, but but the, the Italian-Ethiopian war is really, really interesting. Let me just pique your interest a tiny bit by okay. talking okay. about, um, first of all, I didn't know this, the Italians were kind of pissed off with what Germany was planning with Austria. I think the, this is the Anschluss of Austria, where they just said, well, Austria is basically part of Germany. That's what it says in Hoy, right? Yeah. yeah. So, the, right. So the Italians were not best pleased about that because it did mean putting the Nazis right on their border. Um, and they were kind of against it and everything. So as revenge for that, the Germans actually armed the Ethiopians in this war, which I didn't know. I thought that was really interesting. The, the casualties were, this was a brutal war. About <laughs> 377,000 Ethiopians died and about 10,000 Italian troops, 44,000 wounded, uh, and a whole bunch of them subsequently got wounded and sick of 144,000 and another 10,000. So it was just like 200,000 civilian casualties, about just under 400,000 civilians were, were killed, they reckon. Um, so yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. But listen to this. This is um, the, the, the foreign mercenaries that the Ethiopians got in on their side. All right, they, they have like four planes, okay, four. That was Ethiopian Air Force. And they had these, this French pilot came over to basically handle the planes with a couple of other lads. But listen to the, listen to the mercenary forces that joined the Ethiopians. French pilot Pierre Corriger, Trinidad, <laughs> Trinidadian pilot Hubert Julien. Oh, nice. And a, an official Swedish military mission under Captain Viking Tam. Nice. The white Russian Fyodor Konovalov and the Czechoslovak writer Adolf Palasak several Austrian Nazis, a team of Belgian fascists, and the Cuban mercenary Alejandro Del Valle. I mean, I'm just like, this is like a Wes Anderson movie. 
Like, <laughs> I can just imagine this disparate group of lads turning up. It's yeah. just amazing. Like, all, I just love all, the fact- all giving chocolates to each other in like perfectly, <laughs> beautifully wrapped boxes with uh, with like harpsichord music playing in the yeah. background. Yeah, and ju- just as they're about to go into battle, Hubert Julien says to says to Pierre Corriguet, you know, you, you never gave me the money back from the toll. You know, some some yeah. minor conversation that they have yeah, yeah. like that. But yeah, I just thought it was really. I just love that idea that they, this force, but the the Ethiopian, yeah, interesting. the Ethiopian forces were very, very poorly armed. So, like the, this was Haile Selassie's message to his to, to the people of Ethiopia when the Italians invaded: all men and boys able to carry a spear go to Addis Ababa. Every married man will bring his wife to cook and wash for him. Every unmarried man will bring any unmarried woman he can find to cook and wash for him. Wow. Women with babies, the blind, and those who aged and infirm to carry a spear are excused. Anyone else found at home after receiving this order will be hanged. Jesus. And a, a shitload of lads turned Jesus. up because he would. I know. Right. So these lads turned up what and some of them literally had, message. I know. Just saying, you better fucking turn up. Can you but- imagine if Winston Churchill did that? <laughs> imagine that. I mean, this imagine was a- they did that nowadays. It was about so. that time. Get your vaccine, or if we find out you haven't, we're going to come to your house and hang you <laughs> we're gonna in front of your neighbors. Yeah. Come and get a vaccine. If you're married, bring your wife. If you're not, you need to find a find random a woman. unmarried woman to cook and clean for you. It's just incredible. Oh, that's but, nuts. Uh, but lots of the forces just literally had spears or bows and arrows. Um, but they like they they did all like the Italians uh, did not do very well. Like this was this should have been a walkover for them. But because the like the Italian army was not that bad, like they were quite poorly equipped. But the men yeah. were ready to fight. They were like they they wanted to fight, but they were the leaders were awful. And but Mussolini was insane, obviously. Uh, and and the the sort of command chain in in the Italian army was very very poor. So a lot of bad decisions, right. misinformation. But the Ethiopians still had runners. That was their form of communication between units. They had to get a lad and oh run him God. between units. Of course and, they did. And yeah. there were still some occasions. They like the Italian tanks turned up. And the, the Ethiopia just rolled boulders in front of and behind the tank, so, so it couldn't go anywhere. The Ethiopia just have this long uh, tradition of running under a- any circumstance, then, because they always win medals at the Olympics yeah. and stuff too, They're right? Great runners, so yeah. Well, they, like, I, mean, I think it's because the the conditions that they train in are are so harsh that like when when they go to another country where the conditions are a bit more favorable for running long distances they're like well this is a piece of cake like (laughs) and running in a desert with like uh like uh, tires for shoes for like 10 years practicing like yeah the rest of this is really easy most of the ethiopian fighters wore a white cotton cloak which proved to be an excellent target yeah oh my gosh how awful Really bad. Wild, but, uh, eh? but some of the the reports of the, the the battles that they had and stuff were just crazy. But there were a lot of massacres uh, when the Italians finally took Addis Ababa. They killed like thirty thousand people, they estimate. Uh, but equally, a lot of the time when the Italian forces got caught, they were castrated by the Ethiopians as a kind of uh, revenge. I mean, th- this was I'd never ever read about this war. I assumed, no. having played Hearts of Iron, yeah. the Italians turned up and just won. But this was brutal. And like it went on and on and on for There's quite some time. There's a lot of little time. things. I mean, it was such a such a, a vast conflict and, and encapsulated so many nations of the world over such a long period of time. There's always going to be little bits and pieces that you've never come across oh, or you've, yeah. you've never read up on or whatever. I mean, there's... Yeah, I mean, like the Spanish Civil War led into the World War yeah, like I Yeah, like I don't... It's not really considered part of World War Two, is it? But it's sort of definitely so close to it. Yeah, yeah and like- it had ramifications for um, for the or could have had uh, serious ramifications for for the war had it gone the other way and stuff like that. So I think yeah. that's why it's 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 often mentioned. And I mean, around the same time too, like or or just before. So yeah, it, it gets lumped in. But um, and I mean, it's all really interesting. Like uh, you read up on a lot of this stuff and uh the other thing that's interesting about the time as well is that uh a lot of it is a lot of it was was chronicled at the time but a lot of it is going back and speaking to people who are are now gone because uh, obviously it happened so long ago that most veterans uh, or people that were involved in in any way in in that war are, have, have passed away either died in the war or you know have just died um in, in their later years sort of thing but 
uh, you got you got to wonder if all of the accounts are like uh, necessarily true. You know, I think there's definitely some, um, you know, like ro- romanticization of, of of some of the stuff, right? Like certainly you see it like in the movies and some of the right. books that have been written since and and stuff. You know, like I don't know if all the the accounts are like a hundred percent accurate, but at the same time, it it makes it all more interesting, right? Because <laughs> well, it's yeah. like, it's like I mean, all a time history, piece, right? Yeah, in a, in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Like history is often hundreds. Well, it used to be certainly in Roman times. You know, even the the, the best sources we have, the most sort of accurate historians yeah. who were kind of supposed to be neutral points of view. Like there was this one quite famous Greek historian who wasn't a Greek. He was, I think, he was from a different country, and he came to Greece and he kind of sort of tried to write down the histories of the ro- of the of the wars and the Roman times as well. Had a couple of these philosopher philosopher phil- phil- Philosophical historians. Yeah, I can't say it. Philosophical. Um, yeah, but they they were kind of they they were kind of tried to write their histories up as best they could, but they're obviously biased by hundreds of years. Uh, yeah. they 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 write these histories down hundreds of years after they happen, and for an audience that have political motivations or yes. you know people at the time who yeah. want to trumpet a certain thing. You know, if you want to frame. Or, you know, I mean, obviously after the Ethiopian-Italian war, I'm sure a lot of that was in order to keep Mussolini in power and then afterwards touted as this big success. You know, there's there's, there's definitely this war. These things are used and the history is written and shared and and, and all the the atrocities are, are hidden. And I think it's harder to do that in the modern world. Yeah. But instead, we have this more sceptical outlook of did this actually happen like that? You know, we right. do have more questioning. You know, I think yeah. I think that I think it's, it's bizarre. It's it is bizarre that we question fact more yeah. when it's much easier to record as true and and show evidence for things. Yeah. It is that is interesting. The older stuff gets, the less we question it. You know, as well to some yeah. extent. And sometimes the older the stuff, the sources we're looking at, the more we should question it. You know, some of these historical characters who certainly we sort of almost like Mother Teresa. You know, it almost feels like you know no, the you know she she was she, it became this sort of idea that she was universally good. When obviously I think cast in a modern light. I think she's she's not not very good. No, um, I mean that's like sort of come to light more recently that, but potentially she wasn't as as nice. But as like Haley Selassie, you know, I, I didn't know he said that, but that that, but I I always thought he was a kind of a hero, I guess. Um, well, you know, maybe, maybe certainly... at the time, but I mean, like uh, controversially, I think at a time Hitler was seen as a bit of a hero as well, right? Like it's the circumstance, obviously. After the fact, you look at it and you think, well, no, that he's like a he's he's an, a madman. But uh, I mean, you know, people supported him in the beginning. Right. And he was still insane then, too. You know what I mean? So like it's yeah. it's, it's the context of the time. Right. Like he was saying sort of the right things, but nobody realized how nuts he was going to be. You know, as, he was as saying that sort of the right on. things to the people of Nazi Germany. Yeah, just, to the people just to who were. In, we're in, not in saying no, that yeah. the Joy Voice podcast no. looked at some of wait, his early stuff was good. You know, it's not no. like a band. <laughs> but I mean, this is this is a thing that happens often in history. Like you know, people who are loud and insane are are, are listened to a lot, right? Like uh, you know, people listen to like Idi Amin and um, you know all, all all of these all of these people who then turned out to just be absolutely batshit insane and dangerous and you know evil or whatever true um it's uh I think at a it's a weird one point, isn't it? we need in history though it's just in the same way that um with that with trials um you know once someone is found guilty in a trial they did it right that yeah. is it's understood that 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 is now history yeah you know that, that it can be written down as fact yeah <laughs> it, it, in a sense um because that's what we've all agreed to yeah. record as history. You know, I think I think that we have this system in place which lets us have closure, um, or at least at least historical closure. Right? We can't we can't be umming and erring about every single little decision. Sometimes these things need to just be the con- the consensus is that this happened, and we're yeah. going to report this as yeah. fact. Um, here's here's yeah. a, a little detail for you guys, just as an aside about the Spanish Civil War. There was a there was a, a fighter. There were a lot of people. George Orwell famously went to fight uh, for the Republicans in the Spanish Civil War. But there was a woman called Simone Weil, who was a French philosopher. Um, so this this is brilliant. Uh, Simone Weil added herself for a while to the anarchist columns of Buenaventura Duruti. Though fellow fighters feared she might inadvertently shoot them because she was short-sighted 
and tried to avoid taking her on missions. By the account of her biographer Simone Petremont, Vey was evacuated from the front after a matter of weeks because of an injury sustained in a cooking accident. Jesus. <laughs> her trip to, I'm going to join the Spanish Revolution. She goes out there and they're like, Christ, she can barely see. <laughs> just Don't like, let her near just a gun. fucking Mr. Beaned it the whole time. <laughs> she, oh my God, Mr. she Bean wasn't allowed to go. Like Haley Selassie specifically said, no blind people. <laughs> yeah. and only people who can cook. I know. Was, she was in. The, she went to the wrong revolution. He didn't draw, make the bar very high. Do you know what I mean? Well, to like, be fair, she was in the Spanish civil civil war. As long as you're, as long as you're not infirm, blind, or you know, oh, completely man. hopeless. She Come could, along. couldn't shoot and walked into a cooking pot or something. I just think that's that's a, a, quite the tale of a, of a trip to, to help out. Man, oh yeah, man. Spanish Civil War. Obviously, very very again a very interesting of its time thing where it was as it was kind of this war between national you know, fascists and communists. Yeah, <laughs> so it was quite unusual to see who was on the side of the which. You know, because it was you know Italy and Germany and and Portugal were supporting fascism. Um, Whereas the Soviet Union, Greece, sort of Mexico, uh, and France actually were supporting communism. Yeah. So there was a little bit of communism going in France at the time, and they were sort of, you know, thinking that that might be the way forward. Certainly, you know, it was it was an interesting time historically when these governments were coming up with these new ideas, and communism was certainly taking root. Um, yeah, you know, nationalism much the same as it is. They were nowadays, they were they but... were on the ground floor of introducing the concept of doing a little bit of trolling. I think that's uh, that's that's all it was. It was just a little, just a, just a little, little one, a little bit of trolling. Yeah, yeah. really terrible time. These wars all caused terrible, terrible things to happen. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it left awful. Spain in an absolute disastrous shape. Yeah. But um, um, let me just say, while well, you were talking about people going over and volunteering and how that was sort of of its time, I think in terms of. Uh, philosophers and writers that there seem to be a lot more of them like acting very politically i think it was a time of great political upheaval the, the 30s uh and the 40s yeah and i mean again, certainly fascism seemed to be um very very popular at the time right right and I think but it was there seemed because... to be a lot of people whose job was oh i'm a philosopher yeah like and, and in a fairly fairly historically well-known way and there was still a lot of time and effort spent i'm sure there are still philosophers today i know there are but i feel like i don't know how many of them would go and fight in a civil war i mean for yeah. example the kurds when they were fighting against al-qaeda there were western volunteers who went out there and just joined the fight like that was a thing that actually happened i don't know if any celebrities did no um because i think we tend to to have a different kind of celebrity this these days and rather than being someone who writes a nice book about yeah. philosophy it's someone who's got a six pack and was on. I feel like a Ro I feel like Ross Kemp should have, you know, like get Ross Kemp. It, I'm yeah. on the front line of the battle against. The, yeah, the I mean, Spanish it would have done. It would have <laughs> would have pushed his career even further. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just get, just get Phil Mitchell out there. Yeah, yeah, just get. Well, the Mitchell he actually said everyone that can bring a spear to get to the front. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> Man, he's the, do you know what? I watched a little bit of EastEnders over the holidays because my wife follows it. And uh, <laughs> man, Phil Mitchell is still in that show. He's still... Still banging babes. That's what... The, he's, it's crazy. I know. He's, he's, he's in the show for so... He's in it so long that every time a new female character enters the show, Phil Mitchell has to have sex with her. That is I in know. his contract 100%. Dude is like 80 years old now. I'm not yeah, even joking. Yeah, he's a million. Yeah. He's just so... He's, he's, he's an old guy. <laughs> And you're right. He gets all the young. I grabbed babes. this young tar I found in the bar. <laughs> exactly. Brought with me to cook and clean. Exactly. But he has so many skeletons in the closet. Like uh, I think the the latest is now he's about to go to jail because they found out that, or somebody found out that he killed their brother or something like years ago and told the in police. EastEnders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now he's trying to he's trying to make it. His his current his current bit of fluff is is Cat Slater. I don't know if you remember her. Yeah. But they're they're together sure. now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. A Total little, little, East, little EastEnders update for you there, just in I case Googled you needed Kat it. I Cat Slater, yeah. and the first result is Cat Slater Total Slag. Yeah, well, that's it. That's in the show. <laughs> that's what she gets called a lot. She's like, you, you slag. slag. Yeah. You slag. Yeah. So there, there's a list of the longest serving characters. Yeah. Uh, Ian Beale's got to be show. one of them. Ian Beale, according to Wikipedia, is the longest serving because he was, he was in there. At the it very, was very Dot start. Cotton, right? But she's. Pretty much she retired perished, now. Yeah. So Ian Beale oh, is no, the longest serving character and the only remaining original character to appear did she actually die? continuously. The lady who plays Dot Cotton? Yeah. Yeah, I believe she did. I don't Let's know if she did, you know. Yeah. June Brown, 
Uh, is she's ninety four? Yeah, yeah. No, wow. she's still going, but she's not in the show anymore. They've no, like, she's not. Yeah. They basically like in the show. I think they've written her into like a you know like a retirement home or something like that. Like she's come here to it. fight Al Qaeda. The only unmarried woman I could find was Doc Cotton. Yeah. I brought her along. Oh, she's Phil. survived several world wars already. Oh, she's a veteran. Oh, she can hold a spear. I've hurt myself on this cooking pot. The heavyweight uh, soap stars, you know, of uh, of, of of Britain. Her, Dot Cotton, and what about Deidre Barlow from Coronation Street? Both heavy smokers where their voices have dropped about 10 octaves yeah yeah. (laughs) over the years (laughs) it's just insane isn't it here are some other names for eastenders fans sharon watts yeah in the show in several births she's still going yeah yeah she comes and goes yeah and she is the only woman on the show who can claim to have bedded and wedded both phil and grant mitchell yes so she's she's fucked both mitchell yeah kathy legend yeah Uh, oh yeah yeah. kathy beale kathy beale uh was presumed dead that's ian beale's mum yeah was presumed dead in the show and then came back i think oh so she was in it 1985 to 2000 and then there was a 15 year hiatus yes she came back in 2015 that's right yeah about that martin fowler another lifer it says here Martin has been a part of the EastEnders family for as long as the soap has existed. Well, His the, original run was 85 to 2007, then he yeah. came back in 2015. Different actors playing the same Call role, though. Go to the picture though. here, he runs the fruit and veg store. Yeah, runs yeah. fruit and veg store. It was, it's, it's, it, they've had, like, two different actors for Martin Fowler, though. It was, like, uh, it was a different actor when he was, like, a teenager and stuff, and then he went away for a bit and then came back, and now it's a, a, a different guy uh, is acting the, the role. So, so Sharon Watts was, was on... From 10 years, from 85 to 95, came back from 2001 to 2006, and then came back again. So she's been married to like four or five different characters, but her most recent stint had... She was engaged, had a painkiller addiction. She was still married <laughs> to Phil. Of course, she was attacked yeah. in her own bar. Oh, yeah. She met her biological father, had an affair with a guy called Keanu, was blackmailed by her business partner... Uh, who then died. Uh, she then divorced Phil, gave birth to Keanu's son, but her other son died in a boat accident because of Ian Beale attempted to kill himself. Yeah. And then later she became the landlady of the Queen Vic, married Again. and divorced yeah. Ian Beale, uh, and then poisoned him. But find out she had he <laughs> that she has a half brother, so she then had a fling with someone else, and then found out that she has a granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, who she now raising. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, that is that is just. So- and that's the most recent that's the most recent recent plot luckily most of that went on during the era of uh, dvds because that was the only way to medicate all through all the pain right like just to right put on a dvd (laughs) get me a dvd (laughs) that's all they do in that show oh i've got a csi miami season seven will that do oh that'll be great darling get get put the kettle on as well oh on a dvd (laughs) 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 Fucking EastEnders, eh? So here's another character. There's a character called Winston, uh, who was a black guy that works on a stall. Oh, yeah, Uh, yeah. And he was in the background for since... It, they've missed. They've mistyped on this article. Uh, 1895 is apparently when he first did on the show. Uh, uh, obviously meant to be 1985, but he never spoke. He never spoke, and then he finally spoke in 2017, and he said to to uh, Mick Carter, "Cheers, pal." That was it. That that's was his it. Line. Yeah. There's another. Um, there's another actress that's been like kind of like a, a almost like an extra actress for the longest time, and it's uh, the the woman who tends the bar at the Queen Vic, Tracy. She has, I I think she's got a handful of spoken lines throughout like the 30 or so years that she's been on the show or whatever, but... Uh, thing is you get she's paid still more there. like there's, yeah, there's yeah. a base baseline rate isn't there i think if you have a speaking role i'm sure someone that works in the industry will say that this is not true but the way you get your equity card is to have a speaking role in a um a tv show or a play or something yeah like yeah that. otherwise you count as an extra i feel like i feel like if you're doing that you are you're basically like the the greg from uh, succession right you just like you just turn up to all <laughs> this stuff <laughs> sitting by the window not talking and stuff oh poor man greg. yeah poor. so Sonia Jackson, there's another character that's been in the show for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Pete, Peter Beale, who was a, a young lad, played yeah. by many, many a fella, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ben Mitchell, who's obviously one of the other young characters. Billy Mitchell. Billy who has is, been in it He looks like ever, a yeah. guy that would nick your wallet if you looked away for two seconds. He's been in the show for so long, it's crazy. Janine Butcher yeah. is back. I don't know if you remember Janine Butcher 
Frank Butcher's no. um, daughter. Um, she married Barry. Um, this oh, is yeah. like 20 years ago or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Barry. She's back again now as well. There's a guy in my chat called Barry from EastEnders. Barry from that's, EastEnders. That's his yeah. name, yeah. yeah that was he, well, him. Barry from EastEnders was a character in um, in Extras, you remember? Yeah, yeah, but it was played by Barry, by from, Barry EastEnders. from EastEnders. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know, yeah. It was it was, it was was clever. It was good. Oh, my God. Um, there are man, some, what a show. Some, so, honestly, this whole thing is a, it's a nightmare. Yeah, apologies um, to um, anybody who's listening. This whole thing is a nightmare. Not in the world of soap operas specifically Brit british soap operas like you probably don't know what the fuck we're but, talking I mean, about specifically but, i would say yeah, eastenders yeah. is like as much as people talk about coronation street and stuff like that eastenders seems to be the the biggest i'd say uh, i think so uh, yeah well i mean cory has been around for a very long time but it's it's our house shit, favorite for and sure, it always but, has been yeah. but eastenders is if i had to watch a soap and i i've i have had to when i was living at home my mum watched them all when she comes yeah. up here she watches EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale. Uh, those, those three. Those are the, those are the big dogs. Yeah. And Emmerdale Farm had one good episode, which is when oh, a plane crashed man. on the village. What an episode! Yeah, what I remember that one. I remember. I was there. I remember exactly. If you, if you remember exactly where you were during that episode of uh, Emmerdale, um, I don't know what that says about you, honestly. But okay, uh, I... let's talking about British cultural things. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Before you mention anything, <laughs> very exciting news about British cultural things. Guess what? What? I can't guess. I, I can't How am I guess. Guess, to guess what that? starts tonight at nine o'clock on BBC One, baby? Oh, the Apprentice. Shit! The yeah, fucking it's Apprentice. Back. It's back. Oh my god! I can't <laughs> oh, believe it. I'm so excited. Oh the man. Apprentice. My favorite. Like the Apprentice. It's my so favorite much. hate watch. I love it. Oh man! It's the, the... This was my my last last weekend. This was my reaction to the return of the Masked Singer. Which is my guilty watch. Oh. I love The Masked Singer. It's so good. Wait, the, oh, I God. watched one where it was like, it wasn't The Masked Singer, or maybe it was, but it was like, they had to guess whether the person really was a singer or not, based on like what they looked like, and they had like this oh, bio yeah, and yeah. stuff. And then, so like, they were all like, they would all lip sync a song just to give people an idea of like how they would perform and stuff. But like they knew that it was being lip synced or whatever, but then it was up to like the judges to sort of see, Oh, you know, is that person really going to be good at singing or, or whatever? And then they would come on after and, and actually sing. And the ones who couldn't sing were like, really over-exaggeratingly bad at, oh, at right, singing, right, you know, right. like it was, it was like terrible karaoke sort of thing. And then it was always like, but man, fucking Jimmy Carr is like on all those shows now. Like, I guess oh, he's I just trying to like, uh, I, I don't know, like weasel his way into like, like prime time or something. But fuck me, man. Like it, it's like, it's like a YouTube thumbnail. That guy, his like fucking reaction expression all the time. Like Jesus. Well, the, the mass singer is that the, there are two, two main entertaining things to it. First of all, the costumes are amazing and bizarre. But second of all, the stupidity of the panel, which is Jonathan Ross, Rita Ora, uh, who are the other two people? Uh, Davina McCall and some guy that I, I don't know who he is. Oh, good lord, Davina he's a comedian McCall, or something. Yeah, that is quite a mixed it is. bag, isn't it? It is. Just but it's, they're, they're so their guesses are so bad, and some of them are so optimistic that the other week someone was singing and they said, "I think this could be Zendaya," and I'm like, guys, <laughs> Zendaya is not doing the masked singer on ITV. <laughs> like there is an American masked singer. If she's going to do one, it would be that. <clears throat> she's not going to pop up on fucking ITV. Like, I'm sorry, team, but it's not Zendaya. It's just, it's yeah. just hilarious. But yeah, it's really, really good. Man, I think fucking ITV need to wind their neck and fucking have a day off. You know, like what a stupid <laughs> station, eh? I hate it. I um, fucking, I fucking hate, hate it. It's just the worst. And I'm right. a celebrity. Get me out of here. Still fucking going. No, exactly. I mean, come on. But, eh? I mean, like, the, one of the contestants that was unveiled at the weekend uh, was Heather, the lead singer of M People, and oh, she has. Oh wait, right? is it Lighthouse that... Family or M People, where the M -people. lead singer sounds a little bit like Phil Collins, like on a. You know, like after after so like a night M out. So M people was a female vocalist. Oh, right. I think Lighthouse people. Okay, was a male so it was M people. Search for the hero inside your Exactly. But, that... but her voice was like you got to search for the hero. This weird. For the hero so so when she when she um when she sang on the Masked Singer, she did a different voice. Oh. So she had to kind of disguise her singer voice, but it just meant that she couldn't sing what? very well. Yeah. What's because, the point? Because, <laughs> because her voice is too <laughs> obvious. <laughs> That's the only thing that people have. 
have. It's the first. It's the first major trigger of 2022. Lewis has lost it. The masked they, they, singer is on. the culprit. They, they have, but that's the whole thing. Why they don't see you properly? They have other. How are people supposed to guess? No one knows who she is anyway. They have Why other are they going to take that mask off? And everyone's going to be like, who? Please. No one knows who that is. Man, Lewis, I think you just got to search for the hero inside yourself, and then they get other clues. Like they say, I did this and I was that, and they're sort of cryptic clues along God, the way. It's so cryptic, though. Who knows this? I don't know. I've, I guess I've heard of M people vaguely, but I would have no idea who was in it, whether they were like women or men, like what kind of music they did. I like, God, yeah. like, it's how am I supposed to, like, how old is it as well? M people, God. The 90s. The oh, 90s. Yeah, it's, it's so big, old. Big time 90s, yeah. I mean, I'm not expecting them to get fucking Zendaya. She's no. obviously doing like t- 20 movies and actually everything that's, that's good. She's, there's no way she's in the UK doing it. But but at least like make an effort. Like we've been through this before. We went through the list of the last singer from last time. And I, I knew like two of them. Oh, I got. I got okay. I'll, I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna level. I, full transparency. I have no idea who Zendaya is. They're already is. Oh, okay. in, impossible to guess from their sheer obscurity. They don't need to obfuscate it even further yeah. by Ob- disguising their fucking voice. Obfuscate. Obfuscate. Whatever. It's obfuscate. Yeah. But I just Ob- love. Ob- don't obfuscate. That's how angry he is. <laughs> <laughs> obfuscate. Oh, oh, I've always said it wrong. I've said it wrong. Yeah. Some. He's just oh, a little God. ski whiff. That's everybody's got words like that <laughs> you know like epitome penelope like there's a couple of couple of words yeah. out there oh, that... speaking of words who's been playing word uh no, no, not me. i've heard i've heard um murmurs of, of a you wordle. will have seen it on social media like a series of boxes yeah white yellow and green and it, yeah. it'll show how long it took someone and how many guesses they had it is a really good game and i you only get to play it once per day which is Really frustrating, but at the same time, I'm like, this is good because now I, I wake up, I do my wordle. I've you only I've only heard about it through people doing it whilst waiting for uh, matches to pop, cues to pop in Dota. Like yes, if you're in a stack, you people crack a wordle. Out, yeah, yeah, people do a wordle. Yeah, but I I myself have not done one wordle. It's good. Mm. Too it's scared. Good. Apparently, the guy made it for his girlfriend because she likes word games, and then oh, it just right. kind of blew up and on social kind of, media. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, the the key is, and this is genius, sharing the wordle that just shows how many. Guests as it took you and how you got there that's a really nice little social media trick um very simple very recognizable very clever well done wordle shout out to wordle shout out to wordle it's very addictive Big props um, to wordle you can only do three minutes a day he doesn't want you to do any more than that all right it's amazing maybe this we should do strange. a new set now it's 2022 it's time to change the format a bit let's we need a new segment called like just it could be a short one like like we just did about wordle but we, we call the segment big props and uh every every okay. time we mention we something one that we big like props yeah we, we give okay. we give them big props you know okay. like we're going big props on our 12 this. viewers you know like the optics are going to look great uh when uh when you know the 12 viewers are all talking about this on socials and uh you know just uh, driving up a lot of uh clicks and traffic and and shit like that it's going to be amazing and we're going to make so much money before we continue cupid works hard in february but our friends at manscaped are working harder than ever to ensure your valentine's day is one to remember don't turn this day of romance into independence day and get in control with their performance package 4.0 which includes the latest signature lawnmower uh you you could join four million men who trust manscaped with their packages uh, at manscaped.com slash Triforce for 20% off and free shipping, including us. Oh. Uh, we are all Manscaped men. Yeah. If you want some romance in your pants, sort that bush and pound that tush. Let's go, Manscaped. Oh my gosh, that's red hot. Exactly. Jeez, I don't have anything. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see through the love jungle. <laughs> right, good. Sorry, I like Very that. Very nice. Very nice. Manscaped has you covered this Valentine's Day. Get the gift that you and your date will appreciate. Manscaped.com slash Triforce for our exclusive offer for 20% off and free shipping. I got one, I got uh, one, I got one. Go on. okay. get, ri- get rid of that muff and enjoy some stuff, baby. <laughs> Let's go. I'm glad I get you in on these ads. And uh, uh, Manscaped.com slash Triforce. Thank you very much. 
We all shop online and we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, I have been using it to add coupon codes randomly when I've been buying stuff. Um, it's a free shopping tool that scales the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart automatically. Uh, there's over 30,000 stores supported, ranged from tech, gaming products to food delivery services. You can just install it through your browser. It finds coupons and just use them automatically. Mm, hell yeah. I can recommend it. I've been using it. I don't have to I don't have to keep all the coupon papers from the backs of magazines and newspapers now. I can I can digitize my coupon uh, obsession. Yeah, get into the 21st century, 22nd uh, finally. 20th century are we in? Get into the modern <laughs> yeah, century. Get into this one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Whichever one and we're in. have Honey installed. It's got 17 million members and has saved them $2 billion already. So yeah, you can install it. It's free or you can go to honey.com slash Triforce. That's honey.com slash Triforce uh, where you can get it. And uh, there's also a link joinhoney.com slash Triforce to get Honey for free. I like well, there you go. So join honey.com slash Triforce to get honey for free. Have I found the right one or have I found some alternative one? If you just know. type in Wordle. Onto... Is it Fat Cat Studios? No, it's wordlepowerlanguage.co.uk. It's that top top result. You click that and there's Wordle. Wordle. And it oh. should be a grid of a six by five grid or a five by six grid, depending on how you look Is it at. on Android? I don't think it's it on is. Android. It is. It's, it's not an app. It's just I just well, do it on my big, phone. Uh, I just big, go to the website. A big congrats to Wordle for being uh, the the very first uh, big props winner on the Triforce I'm Podcast 2022. Congratulations. Congratulations, it's, Wordle. I, I do, well it's done. not an app. It's not an app. It's just a website. It's not an app. Oh, it's a website. Yeah. It's not an go, app. No, it's not an app. Don't download any apps. I'm sure they're all crooked. Right. That's where I fucked up. Wordle of Thrones. Age of It may well be an app. Wordle. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak for Wordle. It may well be an app. But all I'm saying is, I'm sure that as soon as anything gets popular, a bunch of shitty... No, you're right. This gr is, grifters this is, a, out there go and there's get There's a shitty app. There's yeah, a dude. shitty app already. There Probably nothing to do um, with the Wordle. If, there, if it is, I apologize, but until I can confirm We hereby it, revoke the big prop award no, uh, for the no, week because no. we found some some grifter apps for <laughs> See, Wordle. See, I'm like a boomer. I've like uh, I've already got confused. See, You've already installed a virus. Yeah. Um, okay. so, so updates. Do you want me to share some updates for this week? Sure. Um, updates well, actually, about uh, what? One, one thing I looked at, British culture-wise, do you remember J.R. Hartley? J.R. Hartley. No. Yeah. Did you remember that? No. Go on, tell Sips what so it is. So it was a, it was an ad for the Yellow Pages in the nineties. I oh, think right. maybe, I didn't live maybe over late eighties and nineties. No, yeah. that's fine. But basically, it was an old fella going to bookshops, right, and saying, "Do you have a book, Fly Fishing by J.R. Hartley?" And the guy would shake his head, and he'd go to the next shop. Do you have a little shake their head? And then he gets home, and he's all, oh, and he sees the Yellow Pages. It's all dejected. Reaches right. for it and opens it up and finds a bookshop, and he says. You do. You do have it. Ah, yes. My name? It's J.R. Hartley. <laughs> he, he closes the book and he sits back and he's like, ah, oh, there's still a copy of my book about fly fishing out there. And it was a beautiful yes. ad. It was very well done. And it became a big sort of cultural thing. And everybody knew it. Right. It was a very, it very famous It ad. became a very big cultural influence in the UK. And there was another Yellow Pages ad at the time, which was when there was a kid using it to climb up onto and kiss someone under the mistletoe. Yeah. Stuff and like that, And right? the there one where like... he'd scratched. This was the one me and my mates always remember. The one where he uh, he has a party and he he's panics because the place is a mess and his parents are coming home that day. He, uh, he calls up a cleaning service and they come around. And then at the last second, he notices there's a, there's like a statue has all weird stuff and there's like there's a scratch on his uh, parents' varnished beautiful antique table gets that repaired but then he notices something else just I can't remember what it is I think there's like a statue has makeup on it or something like that You'll, uh, I can't remember. it's been thirty years since I saw the advert but that was a big one as well but the J.R. Hartley one was the main one. There were a the few. main one that stuck around. The ha Hamlet Cigars was a big one as well. So the, obviously the... Fly Fishing by J.R. Hartley wasn't a real book, but what happened was huge amounts of people requested the book, thought it was real, and as a result, it became real. Right. Okay. Well, they made a fly fishing by J.R. Hart. So in nine, so, so 1983 was when the advert came out, but 1991, it was still so strongly in the British consciousness that they actually got an angling author called Michael Russell to write fly fishing by Memories of Angling Days. Right. Right. By J.R. Hartley. Uh, right. And it was published as that. Uh, so it's a sort of spoof book, but kind of like 
written by someone who did know about fishing and had written fishing books before. It was basically a kind of humorous book, but intensely British and not great. But it sold like 150,000 copies in that year in Christmas, which was huge. Yeah, that was the top of the bestseller list. That's like that's that that would be uh, like a a, a very sort of typical Christmas gift, right? Like you'd get some like a yeah, kind of like a semi joke. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. But obviously, what happens? It was so popular that that the guy wrote two more sequels. Oh my god! uh, J.R. Hartley casts again and golfing. By J.R. Hartley. Oh my! And and did <laughs> right? those ones not do as well? So they were they were shit, but yeah. it doesn't matter because they they did fine. But it turns out that by by now in um 2011, so so this was ten years ago. Um, they announced that there was there was this rare sort of the most sought after out of print books. That copy, the 1991 copy of J.R. Hartley's Fly Fishing, which was obviously only made on one print run for this Christmas, was then one of the most sought-after out-of-print books and people were looking for it again. Wow. Jesus. So it's come full circle. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was an advert about a book that was out of print, <laughs> okay, that then became a book that then became out of print that then people are still looking for oh. now. Well, you know how you can Christ. find it. Pick up a copy of the Yellow Pages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which oh. doesn't doesn't exist anymore. I don't think. I don't think the Yellow Pages mm. does it exist as an actual book, or is it just Yell? Is that what Yell.com is? I think I think it's online Yell, now. Yeah, I think Yell is is yeah. It's like trustatrade.com or whatever they fucking use now to find someone who. Listen, can, check a trade is no joke. That is a very which, very good website. I use it which every one time. Use and check a trade. I didn't know this. When the guys the guys that are on check a trade to advertise their business, they have to pay a subscription fee to check a trade to be on the website. Fair enough. But you have to pay for each area. And they oh. divide the areas up quite meanly, shall we say? Right. Okay. So right. You, you've got to pay if you if you're in Southwest London, you have to pay a lot of money every year to be to have it listed. To get listed under in, the category, under the place, oh, under yeah. the. Yeah. So if oh I search God. for plumber Twickenham, you have to have paid like I think it's fifteen hundred quid or something like that. Jeez. That, that my, my guy told me just to be listed in Twickenham, and then another one for this. That's and such a one typical that. thing that a tradesman would tell you about, right? Like how much yeah, expense he's got. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't believe it, mate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it does bring in a fair bit of work, to be fair. But fix the fucking pipes. Cost me another. You're like, just fix the boiler. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing. It. I'm fixing the boiler. Yeah, I just want to fucking moan about my expenses at the same time. Like, come on. Problem is, mate, I've got no tools. I can't afford them. Can't afford them because I have to buy, spend all the money on bloody check trade, in it. <laughs> this is exactly what it's like. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. So speaking of fake novels, um, I started to look into it further. Bodega. No. So so there was this. So basically what happened was Bodega. the way bestseller lists were com- compiled in the 1950s were based on you could go into a bookshop and say you could request a copy. You didn't have to pre-order it or buy it or put any money down. You could just go in and say, do you have this book? And they that would get put onto a list, a note list, and then that list would be sent to the New York Times, and that was what was used to compile the bestseller list. Right. So, oh, in fact, hello. all you had to do was go in and get say, a bunch of people to go exactly. into bookstores. So this this late night like raconteur who was called Shep, quite popular, Gene Gene Shepherd Junior. Um, he told everyone to go into the store and request a fictional novel that he'd made up called I Libertine. Yeah. Um, or I Libertine by Frederick R. Ewing. Okay. Which sounds like a real book. And so he went, so so everyone of course did this and it sort of got a bit viral mm. and it, it put on, it was put on the New York Times bestseller list. Okay. This completely fictional book. And so what happened was then, of course, bookstores and uh, publishers became interested in actually fulfilling this demand and making this book. And so this one publisher, Ian Ballantine, decided that he had to smash this book out right now to capitalise on the success. So he got permission from Shep to do it. He spent the entire next few days writing the novel and f- eventually fell asleep, exhausted, un- with his book unfinished in one- after trying to meet the deadline in one marathon typing session. Fucking he hell. collapsed. His wife took over, finished it, and they put it out. <laughs> wow. What the hell? Um, and obviously, all the proceeds went to charity. Um, but it's kind of like, it's kind of dumb. Apparently, it's like 
a, a, a book closely based on the life of someone called Elizabeth Chudley. Yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. Who was a, a, a the Countess of Bristol, apparently, some some courtier in sort of seventeenth, eighteenth century. Elizabeth Chudley. I'm guessing I it's am a lot. Countess of like, Bristol. Um, what's that fucking <laughs> Netflix? Sexy uh, history. The Witcher. Show. No, no, the sexy. <laughs> Presented the, by Elizabeth the sexy history show. I am it's Elizabeth like Chudley. Downton Abbey. I understand uh, you are the Witcher. We have many gloobers and squibbles roaming around Bristol. What's it called? It's like like broad broadner bright Broadchurch. Broad, no, Broadchurch. <laughs> Broadmead. It's called Broadmead or something. Yeah, broad I can't remember mead. what it's called. You know the one with all the sexy people in 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 historical times. Gossip anyway, girl. It's, the no. Witcher. <laughs> the I'm still just sticking with the Witcher. <laughs> no, people will know what I mean. Oh, Fucking hell. So so yeah, it's 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 <laughs> shit. But there was an, an another book that came sort of before this. Um, so it was kind of this 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 idea previously because um, God, what well, I can't even. I, I was looking around um, and I found another one. I have to find it in a second. But there was this, 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 uh, this has happened a few times, right? Like there was this time in the nineties when there was this company called Publish America um, and they were sort of a vanity press. So they were, they were kind of, the idea was that you would send them your manuscript, they would accept it, they'd accept all of them and then you'd pay to get hundreds of books made. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was this thing called Publish America that was, it, what it said it was a traditional publisher, but it was kind of a scam. Yeah. Um, whereas it just, you know, when, when you've written your book, you send it off to publishers and they would always accept. And you'd be delighted that they've accepted you and are publishing your book. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to be an I'm author a, now. I'm a uh, published author, actually. I have 10,000 copies of my book in my garage right now. Would you like one? So, no, no thanks. So, exactly. Yeah. So what was happening was a lot of people were getting scammed and this group of authors got together to try and write the the worst book they could just to prove that Publish America would accept anything without checking, right? So they wrote this book. They got 25 edit uh, writers together to write this book called Atlanta Nights. Uh, it had I, non so, so basically it had the same segment of outline written twice in non-identical chapters. So chapters 13 and 15 were the same story, but written by different people. Chapter 21 was missing. Uh, chapters 4 and 17 were word for word identical. Chapters. There were two chapter twelves at uh, <laughs> different areas in the book. There was a chapter written inverted commas by a computer program that spouted out random text uh, based <laughs> on previous chapters. Characters change gender and race, die and reappear without explanation. There's no consistent spelling or grammar or formatting. The initials of characters who were named in the book spelled out the phrase "Publish America is a vanity press." So apparently. They also accepted another author's manuscript that featured the same thirty pages repeated ten times. <laughs> That's, That's right. Brilliant. Oh my so god! So it's 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 just gibberish. Um, and then obviously uh, they got accepted and they declined to be published, of course. And then um, then then they released it as a as a print on demand for people to buy with uh, with funds going to charity as well. Um, but yes, so it, it's kind of a a, a silly idea. But there was a previous book that had happened um, with this sort of thing, like, like a hoax book called Naked Came the Stranger, which you might have heard of. Um, so Naked Came the Stranger was was a thing that happened in 1969, where there was this one guy, nice. McGrady, who worked for a newspaper. And he thought that the bestsellers list was dominated by porn. Right. Um, there was this like pulpy porn sexy shit going on. And he thought that, look... If I just want to get a book on the bestseller list, all I do is write some sort of sexy thing and put a naked woman on the cover. Right. And it will just go on to the top of the bestseller list because there were these authors of the time who were really dominating and he was he was sort of sick of it. Um, so he hired or just like got involved with all of the journalists at his work. He asked everyone to write a chapter. So like 20 men and five women all wrote a sexy chapter of this book. Some of them were too good. So they had to like edit them a lot to make them shitter. It was just like a complete hodgepodge. Um, he hired, he got his like sister-in-law to um, take be the author and be this author, Penelope Ash, right? Um, but basically, it's just the synopsis of it is that Jilly and William Blake are the hosts of a popular New York City breakfast radio chat show, the Billy and Jilly Show. And uh, the Billy and Jilly Show. Jillian finds out that her husband is having an affair. 
and decides to cheat on him with a series of different men from their Long Island neighbourhood. <laughs> of uh, course she does, yeah. Most of the book is taken up by small snippets of Jilly's adventures with a variety of men from a reg- from a progressive rabbi to a mobster. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was, of course, uh, McGrady was cynical and expected it to go to the top of the bestseller list, and it did. It's, you know, sold you know, hundreds of thousands of copies, 400,000 copies, and um, you know, was 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 they were on talk shows and all sorts of stuff about this. But then it was made into a, a movie, um, which 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 was sort of a sexy, erotic, like one of the ones you get on Channel Five after midnight s- in the old days. Exactly one yeah. of those shit movies. So what actually happened was as well the they took it to a publisher and the publisher um, was a sort of independent publisher known for controversial books. He stole. The cover photo, which was a sort of kneeling nude woman with her ass to the camera, f- from a Hungarian nudist magazine, and the the model of photographer later found out that it had been used and demanded payment and were paid, but obviously later, um, it was one of those hope they don't notice, see if we can get away with it type things. <laughs> but wow. yeah, the movie was a thing, and it was this this I don't know like this. It was started as a, a sort of a joke or a hoax or some sort of yeah. deliberate something deliberately bad. You know, they deliberately made it shit. And oh, I've just... got I've got some lines from Atlanta Nights if you want to hear this. Sure, these this is good. Uh, the longtime security guard saluted the pair as they passed. What lucky people he thought! So young and rich, they can afford to live here. Not like me. I have to live across town and wear a uniform and salute the young rich kids who make more money in a minute than I can make in my whole life. <coughs> I think that's great. <laughs> and then, He's dying. Wait, it's sorry. It's making you ill. It is. This is. This one's even better. As he held those big jiggle breasts so close to him, <laughs> he whispered into her ear, I love those big old bejubbly jubblies. <laughs> what a line. Oh, I that love is, those is, big old bejubbly jubblies. I love those big old bejubbly jubblies. That sounds like something Donald Trump would whisper into someone's oh, ear, man. doesn't it? Yes, Do you know it mean? does. Yeah. Yes, it does. But uh, just, just some random fella just says it to him. Hey, by the way, I love those big old bejubbly jubblies. They'd be like, excuse me, Mr. President, just carry on. <laughs> One of the worst books ever written, apparently is The Eye of Argon. Yeah, I was just reading about The Eye of Argon. A heroic (laughs) fantasy novella narrating the adventures of Grignir, a mighty barbarian and thief. It is considered one of the worst books ever. Um, One of the genre's most beloved pieces of appalling prose. Published, you mean. Um, One of the worst ever published. And the the ending was missing. The ending was missing from Scorch's copy and all the copies made of it. The last page of the story was on the last sheet of the fanzine, which had fallen off the staples. Oh, man. (laughs) It ends, uh, the online version ends with the phrase, end of available copy. Um, (laughs) And the original copy that was found in the historical archives was also incomplete. So anyway, we don't even have it, but no mere transcription can give the true flavour of the original printing of the Eye of Argon. It was so bad. Um, just everything about it was bad. So, for example, here's, here's, a, here's a line. Eyeing a slender female crouched alone at a nearby bench, Grignir advanced, wishing to wholesomely occupy his time. Wholesomely, <laughs> wholesomely occupy his time. It's amazing. Here's a here's a bit where uh, a woman is trapped in a hole. You take hold of this rope, said the first soldier, and climb out from your pit, slut. Your presence is requested in another far deeper hell hole. Wow. The girl gasped a tortured groan from her clamped lungs. Her sea blue eyes bulging forth from damp sockets. Cocking her right foot backwards, she leashed it desperately outwards with the strength of a demon possessed, lodging her sandaled foot squarely between the shaman's testicles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, this is incredible. This is is really bad. Um, By the surly beard of Miriritfik, Grignir kneels to no man. Grignir grappled with the lashing <laughs> flexor muscles of the repugnant body of a gargantuan, sorry, gargantuan brown-hided rat, striving to hold its razor teeth from his juicy jugular. Oh God! <laughs> There's a lot of spelling, <laughs> spelling typos in it as well. Apparently. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good, dude. 
So that's Man, what you've been reading. We should do. We should do. A, we should do a reading of this book. Man, I can't remember the last time I read read a book. It's been too long. Hey, oh by the way, uh, baby it just turned six months old yesterday. Oh, already. Happy half birthday! Happy half birthday! Oh my god! You getting half a birthday cake? How does that work? Well, no, you don't. You don't. But it's a big milestone because from six months is when they start eating you mush. Just they like sit in a high chair. She can sit up a bit now. Like she'll have to sleep in a bigger bed. Like she'll have to come out of her little baby caught and stuff it's all it's all change you know she's teething they start making little noises yeah she well. talks a lot now she's like da, 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 constantly and stuff so did we talk about this last time i can't remember but basically i was thinking about this because i can't remember who i was talking to about it but they sort of said that having kids and watching them grow up is a little bit like um there's a, it's not grief exactly but or loss exactly but certainly they change so much year to year yes. that they're almost a different per- person. They, they well, they do are. Change. Yeah, they change yeah, a lot yeah. very quickly. Yeah. When you have a, when you have a dog, you know it's very consistent yeah. throughout its life. But when you have a baby, well, I mean, dogs you know, you, change you certainly, too. You certainly might miss what they, you know, how cute and affectionate they were when they were three, yeah. or you know, when they were all questioning. Yeah, I mean, you miss it, but age. you always have that memory as well, though, <clears throat> which is really nice, you know. It's true, but it, it, I, I agree. It does feel like you're losing. It's, it's like you're losing someone you knew every time they grow up a bit more, and it, it sort of comes in waves because you, you, you don't see it like no. it's every day. It's, it's like it's, it's like very putting gradual, on weight. Yeah. You know, you don't notice putting on weight until you, one day you look in the mirror like Christ. <laughs> what have I done? So it, it sort of creeps <laughs> what up. Have I done to myself? <laughs> what am I doing? So I feel like with kids, it's the same. Like the, the other day, I was talking to my ten-year-old. She was using all kinds of big words I hadn't heard her use before. Yeah, just to, she. She's very, very verbose, and and she she's got a really amazing vocabulary for a ten-year-old, in my opinion. Um, and my mum is always commenting on it, and just things that my eldest talks about and knows about. And we're, you know, the, the, she's nearly thirteen, but she's she's just taken her off herself off to school. She goes to her friend's house. She goes into town and gets a cup of boba tea. All this kind of stuff. She's just off. And I I know in four more years she'll be going on holiday with her mates to somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, going all over the place, and and it'll be like she's a grown up. And then like she, she's thirteen now, and I think in 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 just eight years time she'll be twenty one. Hopefully she'll have finished university. She'll be starting work and all that kind of stuff. And I, it just blows my mind to think of that future because I know that at that point, I will not be her primary concern. I won't be a primary caregiver no. in any way. Like, I'll just be the reliable dad who helps her out. And, you know, if she's short of cash, I'll help her out and I'll drive her around sometimes or whatever. And she'll, you know, she's always have a, a place here. But it makes me very sad to know that essentially when she's grown up and leaves, that I'm no longer, I've lost my function. Yeah. Like, I feel like this has been my primary function for well, for well over a decade. What is my primary function I feel like now? that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a robot with nothing to you, do. You lose it, but I think it just changes as well. It's, and I think if you're close to your kids and they do leave, and and um, but you're still in touch with them or very much part of their lives somehow or another... Um, you've got potentially grandchildren to look forward to. Well, exactly. Helping them Back through the, the day, trials, and she would have been married with a kid, and you'd be do take it over the job from yeah. step one again. But you've also got, you know, just the trials and tribulations of being an adult. You know, like you, you'll, you'll probably find that you will um, hear from them a lot more because you know, for like advice and shit like that. You know, it's tough. It's tough becoming an adult and and starting uh, your your life as an adult and stuff too, right? Did like you the- listen to your parents a huge amount when you were? Um, a young adult probably more than i'd admit yeah like uh you know like you look back and you think oh they never taught me anything but obviously they taught me something i mean jesus like you don't you you don't just figure it out by yourself you know what i mean like that sometimes they don't even need to say something like it's just like they you know that just the the example is enough i I, I remember deeply and i still do deeply regret following some of the advice that i was given especially by my dad about what to do with my life and i I should have ignored him yeah i should have absolutely ignored him so i I feel like my job is not there to advise and say you got to do this you got to do that because you know that the the ideas that my parents had about the working world were well out of date by the time i started work sure it just wasn't the way things were anymore and i'm sure they'll be out of date when my kids start work i'm not going to explain to them how to fucking get a job no and all this stupid shit that people 
people talk about my mum always and my dad always told me about job interviews and stuff like like i was going to work for the fucking mad men like that kind of interview yeah what do you do with son you go in and smoke a cigar and slam a whiskey and shake a hand i think that i think like <laughs> some advice is too specific to take though as well like you you have to you have to filter it a little bit right like yeah i, I think, think if it comes to things like boilers uh, you know what, what to look sure. for in a plumber yeah you know, what, exactly how to fix a floor tile that kind of stuff i can help but, them out but with. there's certain things where it's like i think sometimes when you when you when you say that you're asking somebody for advice you're not actually really asking for specific advice you're just trying to get um a, a broader sense of the the dilemma that you're in right so like you ask somebody for advice and they give you an alternative way of doing something and sometimes just hearing that is enough for you to be like okay yeah that's not the way i want to do it right. but it's actually inspired me to do it this way that i want to do it or whatever and I think that 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 can just be seen as like, yeah, that person helped me, even though yeah. you didn't specifically just take their advice verbatim. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like, uh, probably a lot of that happened with my parents. Like, I don't think I I don't think I took anything that they said um, overly seriously. But again, just by example, and just ha- was a factor, just sometimes right? having somebody to to speak to when I wasn't sure yeah. or whatever it was comforting, right? And and was enough to just get me through get me over a hurdle or whatever it's true yeah it's true so like shout out to parents yeah that's uh yeah yeah big big uh big ups to um to to all the parents out there but you'll have that role too as your kids get bigger right and probably now without realizing it there's a lot of stuff like that happening you know like i just tell them to be careful when they're crossing the road well like, yeah that's the, i i tell them all that kind of shit like don't do that you'll fall and break your neck yeah. get, Sit get properly. Out from there. You know, stop running don't run in the house like all all that stuff but it all adds up in the end like it, you feel like you're a broken record record nagging all the time but honestly like some of it does sink in and uh, you know like you you definitely shape your kids whether you want to or not you know like uh, just by being you so i i don't know yeah it's like i i don't think your your role ever ever like ceases to exist as long as that uh, you're you're just close to them and they you, you have some sort of hand in their in their life you know like even if that's not the same as it is now when they're small because they, they right. depend on you fully you know it's just 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 be in there, you know? I think that's... Well, I'll always be there for him. Well, there that's you go. I, I think that's the best you can do. That's very good of yeah. you. Big, yeah. big props to Flax for always being there, I think. <laughs> we've yeah. already done our big props. Well, I can't join like the three. ranks. I mean, it's just a good day, you know? Wordle good day for props. And, and me. That's <laughs> not, what esteemed company. you got to celebrate yourself sometimes. So. <laughs> oh. And Wordle, of course. Oh, and Wordle. All right, take it easy, everyone. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week. See you next Peace. week. Bye. Bye. Bye.